Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. Kicking off our last Grand Tour of the Year here with Benji. As always, this show is supported by our show partner, LeCole, who produce performance cycling apparel. More on them later. The opening TT of the Vuelta, not called a prologue, despite being 7.1 Ks. It starts with a gradual climb. It's got some steeper sections in it, then a descent, and then a flatter run in to the finish, finishing and ending at the Bur- oh, starts at the Burgos Cathedral. I'm not sure what cathedral it finishes at. Bit technical, downhill sections. Rolwich was the heavy favourite. That I want Benji to, before we read out the top 10 as we do, uh, run me through his wave of emotions for his man, uh, Aaron Baru, today. It's been a crazy day. It's been a crazy day. We started the time trial, just the, the normal hype about a new Grand Tour. I'm happy that a new Grand Tour is coming. A bit scared of what's to come when it comes to all the work we have to do, but I enjoy that work. And then the riders start passing by. We see some times coming in, and I start to notice that these riders who perform well on the climb and then do the, the downhill well end up doing well. And Aramburu came to the start and I just became super hyped, not necessarily because I thought he was going to do well, but because it's Aramburu and Aramburu is the goat. So <laughs> I was I was hyped and then he started climbing and he, he started climbing fast and he started climbing with there being a minus two in green at the top. And I was like, okay, Aramburu has an opportunity here. He dives into the descent and after the descent, he's way ahead of everybody. And he just keeps that up to the line and Aramburu takes a hot seat. And that moment was genius. And uh, from that ages. point onwards, <laughs> I was super scared from for one rider only. And that was the final rider to start. That was But yeah, just a, a backstory on that. Um, we tried to get Aaron Brew on the show for an interview a while ago. Benji reached out to us, Stahana, asking if Aaron Brew was available and if he speaks okay English because I don't speak Spanish well enough yet. And I don't think Benji speaks Basque. And um, I think the press officer got offended by that question and blocked yeah, Benji I, I received on the, the Astana account. Yeah, I received the answer. Uh, do you speak Italian, Chinese or German? <laughs> question mark. And I said, okay, then I'll ask somebody else, and then I got blocked. <laughs> yeah, not on their personal one. Yeah, anyway, sometimes funny how World Tour press officers use the team accounts as if it's their personal one. But, yeah, free Benji Nyson. He's Aaron Brew's biggest <laughs> fan. That's what I'm trying to start here. He's leaving the team anyway, so Also got it. a shout-out, Benji, from – you got a shout-out from Carlton Kirby, the GOAT on comms, when Aaron Brew went into the hot seat. But here's a top ten. Roglic destroying Benji and Aaron Brew's dreams, <laughs> as expected. The short favourite for this TT. Gold Roggler, relaxed Roggler, strong. Saw him joking at the start. We knew then that's the scariest Roglic. His form is the relaxed Roglic. And, uh, yeah, six seconds into Aaron Brew, another eight seconds into Tratnik. Ten seconds ahead of Tom Scully, who did a slow-ish climb, not Still quick, slow climb, but a very, very fast descent and flat section. Cherny, same time, 10 seconds back. Van Baal, 11 seconds. Bagioli, a lovely time, 11 seconds, 12 seconds behind Roglic in seventh. Then Craddock, straight trolling me, coming eighth, a really good TT <laughs> in like 
40 degrees after Tokyo. Matthews, unfortunately, not close enough to take, even if he wins the stage tomorrow, the bonuses to take red tomorrow. He came 10th on 8.46. That's the top 10. We'll talk about the GC contenders. That gnaws him in a second. But um, just, yeah, what did you see from Rolich there, Benji? I don't think he destroyed the climb, but he just he actually did the descent a bit more aggressively than I expected. Yeah, exactly. He started off the climb and it looked like he was doing a similar tempo as Karapos, who was also ahead on Aramburu on the climbing section. And Roglic had a decent time at the top, but it was not the time where that says, okay, Roglic is winning this by 10, 15 seconds. No, he dove into the descent and he threw the corners quite extreme. And obviously, you got to think about the next couple of weeks and you got to choose. Are you going to try and go for the stage or are you going to try and keep it relatively safe? and be situated at the front. He probably still chose the second part, I think, because while watching the descent, despite him not really going slow or anything, he didn't go as fast as Aramburu went in the descent. Perhaps that's just because Aramburu is a descending god. But I think the most of the time that Roglic beat Aramburu at was the entire portion after the descent, from that to the line, because we saw the time that Roglic had on your boy Aramburu, just keep going up in that latter portion, and also in the technical finishes, so, because the last kilometer had all those corners, and there it really went up, and yeah, in the end it was uh, certainly enough to beat Aramburu, but it also shows that Roglic is on point, and I'm happy to see that, because all our beliefs were built on that. <laughs> yeah, our entire our entire preview and the way we thought the following stages would play out would be Roglic being having a, a decent lead on GC uh, and that's exactly what he has now. Before we get into the GC discussions and some little petty roastings, um, I'll talk about our show partner, LaCole. They produce performance cycling apparel, as I said. What you might not know about LaCole is they produce custom kit as well. If you've got a club, they do it for a lot of clubs uh, in the UK. And, yeah, they, they've been doing that sustainably, consistently for a number of years now. So if you want to check out LaCole custom kits, uh, if you're maybe in an Australian team looking for different supplies going into summer, um, you can see them at www lacol.cc and we also have a code for 20% off during the Vuelta LR Vuelta 20 all caps LR Vuelta 20 for 20% off the number of uses of the code during the Tour de France was frankly outrageous from all of your use so thank you for all your support and thanks to Lacol for supporting the show the, the podcast as our show partner but now on to the GC Benji I'll just run through a couple of you know not crazy, but good. So, yeah, it's good performance. I'd say 20 seconds behind Roglic, that's yep. normal. Uh, Mass 18 seconds behind Haig after, you know, the guy had crashed real bad at the Tour, only uh, 21 seconds behind, a second behind. Uh, Yates, same time as Lopez, same time as Caruso, just about all about the same, you know, Sivakov there. That's all fine. Got no problem with it. Mikel under 40 seconds back. I'm not sure if you all know, uh, if you're not in continental Europe, it is fucked hot right now. I'm talking like I can't even think during the day. And that's in Andorra, up where it's cooler. It well, was is that super... any different from usual? <laughs> well, me not, being, me not being able to think, yeah, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> Burgos, Haig sent me a photo. It was 41 degrees when they were like during the day, like 3 p.m. Uh, it was really, really hot. And I was like, 
you can choose the teams, your your slots for the riders, where they're going to go. And Lander decided to go really early and it was so hot. There wasn't as much shade and it seems, Benji, I have no science behind this. It seems to me the guys who went a little bit later did a little bit better relative to expectations. Like I think Massa's performance and Lopez's performance actually a little bit better than I expected and Lander... I expected him to be on 30 seconds to Roglic, not 40. Yeah, I think so as well. And yeah, you're you're right. Like the positioning when it comes to the starting table, the timetable at which they start was important. At first, I thought that Roglic had to finish, well, had to start as the last, but apparently that's also only a Giro rule where the previous winner has to start as the last person in the race in the Vuelta. That's not the case. The organizers just can't choose and they chose that every rider has the ability to choose. And like you mentioned, Landa chose early. Well, Bahrain chose early for Landa probably. And Roglic decided to go towards the end. I think that has its effects. And on both sides, because you say that it's hot on paper. Yes, indeed. It gives a bonus that the air density is uh, is better when it's hotter. But I think the heart rate uh, versus power is much more negating that personally. Yeah, I agree. So but- yeah. Landa, just not not a great time trial, and it's cost him, and in the end, he now has 39 seconds behind, and this is also an indicator that his time trial is not top, which we already knew, and that Santiago de Compostela is going to be an issue, so he needs minutes on Roglic going into that final time trial, but it's way further, 20 days from now, so a lot can happen. The bunching of the sort of main GC contenders is about 20 to 27 seconds on Roglic. I'll read them out in full just for completeness. Sorry. Roglic on 8.32, then Vlasov next best, another good TT from him on 14. Sep Kuz, Benji, we'll talk about him in a second, on 15 seconds. Bade, good TT on 17. Then, as I said, Yates, Haig, Lopez, Caruso, Sivakov, Shackman, De La Cruz, Carapaz, Kreuzweig, Valverde, Bernal from 20 to 27, Bernal on 27. Then Micah, Carthy, Lander, or Micah and Carthy on 33, Hamilton on 43. Sepp Kuz, Benji, is there two Sepp Kuz TTs? Sort of Jekyll and Hyde. There's the prologue Romandy TT, and here's <laughs> Sepp Kuz TT, and then there's the longer TT. Like Dauphiné wasn't good a longer one but Romandy we were like oh that's actually quite good and today again a really good TT 15 seconds off Roglic yeah quite surprising and of course his climb was great he had one of the better times on the climb itself but oh, yeah, to keep that up in the end as well yeah okay well he had the best time at the intermediate <laughs> which gave him the uh, KOM jersey and after that he just kept that up perhaps the descent helped him a lot because we know that Chris is a good descender but it felt like on the flat section afterwards, he he stood his ground pretty well. And to do a time like that, yeah, that's great. But I'm indeed afraid of longer time trials still. This does not prove to me that he can do a long time trial. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And next to that, he's also just simply second in line always because Roglic is there. And as long as Roglic is higher up in GC, he's likely going to be offered up at a certain point in the race when something goes out. A word on... Uh, Ludvigsen on FDJ. We saw something go wrong off the start ramp. He it looked like he changed into the wrong gear or something went wrong, but then he continues riding. So I'm like, oh, it's all okay. Camera cuts away, cuts back to him on the climb, and it looks like he's tried to shift into a bigger gear and it shifted him into the small ring. And then he's like, you know, when there's not enough tension as he gets out of the saddle, 
nearly crashes almost, gets off the bike, changes bike, costs him time. He's obviously furious. Credit to him. What did he actually finish on Benji despite having to do a bike change in an eight-and-a-half-minute TT? I think he finished relatively close. Let me uh, subtly search it in the meanwhile. He finished on 29 seconds, and I swear he lost about probably 20 seconds standing (laughs) still on the climb. And when you have to stop to change a bike on an uphill section, it's much harder to get started again than on a flat or downhill section. And yeah, that's not ideal. And from what I could tell, he was looking to be one of the better times at that point if he had stayed on his bike. But obviously, we don't know if his second part was going to be as good. So it's easy to say. But then again, yeah, obviously we know because he set a decent time on 29 seconds. So yeah, he would have been closer. Would he have won? No clue. I still think Roglic would have won, but he would have been in the top 10 is my guess. It it honestly looked like to me, I might be guessing, but uh, when the you run out of battery in your DI2 and then it auto shifts you into the small ring. Is that still a thing? Kind of looks like that. I'm a peasant. I don't have a DI2. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's my guess or something else going on with the gears. And he's probably got, he's got thousands and thousands of euro on the custom extensions and that goes wrong. So poor guy, not great for him. I wish he'd won the combativity prize. Otherwise, yeah, just, it's kind of reminding me a little bit of the criterium to open ATT. I think the, Broader lessons from this are, which we already knew, Jumbo Visma TT is still outstanding, with particularly that Coos performance, but Roglic, of course, and Astana with Aaron Baru um, doing so well. Izgira a little bit disappointed, but Vlasov still good, very, very good from him. I think if you're not counting Suddenly, Bacioli, yeah. Like 10 spot on 14 seconds. Very good. It proves the thing we've said all year that Flazov's time trial has improved so much since last year because last year he came on the podcast during the Velta and he spoke to you about his time trial being his weakness and we obviously knew that from the races that he'd ridden beforehand but he started off the season doing it better and better and seems like he's growing throughout Russian champion his kid is absolutely lovely personally I love it but uh it's yeah nice wonderful pack. TT and uh it's a good position to start with and I'm glad because I had him on my uh on my podium for this belt, and I was severely doubting it a few days ago. <laughs> yeah, well, again, if he can produce that sort of performance on the final TT, that's even more time gains. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm going to misremember his name. Is it Ivan Velasco, the Astana yeah. engineer? Yes. It's funny. It's like, I wonder always what these guys get paid. Like, what is this guy getting paid? And this guy's expertise seems to be the difference between literally a mediocre TT to being a, like, almost a top GCTT rider. And it's just, of course, Lysol's put in the hard work. Of course, you know, he seemed to always be on the TT bike in the off-season. But, yeah, like these guys in the background who we don't really know their names all the time, or if you're a casual fan, you might not know, seem to make a very, very big difference. Jumbo Visma also seemed to have a very, very good TT performance staff in place. Uh, Otherwise, tomorrow's stage uh is 167 k's first sprint stage there's no categorized climbs i don't not according to my profile that i'm looking at so Coos will keep the kom jersey despite anyone in the break there's bonus seconds apparently at 150 k's done 16 17 k's from the line there's a little roller before the line Philipson and Krieger crashed today for Alpes and Phoenix. I'm not yep. sure how that will affect them apparently not too bad for Philipson so let's hope that's okay. the case Okay, and no one from the sprinters can take red tomorrow because Roglic has too much of a gap. Demar, I don't know where he finished. Um, but yeah, we, who did I go with? I think I went with Jakobsen, Benji. Did you go? I think you went with him too. 
I don't remember at all. I think uh, I chose someone different because you chose Jakobsen. Yeah. I think I chose Philipsen, uh, but I like Philipsen more for that. I think fourth or fifth stage with uh, a small 2% section in the last, uh, well, 2 to 5% actually in the last 300 meters or something. So should be pretty cool. But hey, for for the next stage, I don't actually know who I'm picking. Uh, I'm sticking with Philipsen, I guess. Crosswinds are, there could be crosswind action tomorrow. There's a hot wind at the moment. Um, that could definitely spice up the race and make it very, very nervous. They often do have crosswinds in the Vuelta, uh, particularly in the last few years. I like almost never have them in the Giro d'Italia. So people will be very nervous tomorrow despite the prologue and we'll see which teams have the best flat control. Tratnik on two seconds off Aaron Baru, eight seconds off Roglic, still in magnificent form and quick step with Cherny and all those engines they have. Dylan Van Baal also looking in good condition. So Ineos, Bahrain and Quickstep with the teams I'd be looking at to do something in the crosswinds, even though Lander might not like the sound of that. Otherwise, the last note of curiosity, Benji, is Padun. We thought maybe, you know, we're ex- uh, what will Padun do in this welter on GC? He did a time worse than Lander on 9.13, like 43 seconds back or 41 seconds back. Does that surprise you he's saving his plutonium for the for the mountains mate true i mean what is 41 seconds when you can just take three minutes on each three of, 30 each of stage 17 <laughs> and 18 yeah what does it even matter um but yeah interesting just to see oh another funny note I, i'm remembering these things now pidcock literally not trying yeah. literally not trying any measure when you he freewheeled over the, <laughs> the last his interview was, was so funny oh, when I he like, hear it he actually started talking about, uh, yeah, we had a preparation, low-key. Are you hyped about going to the Velta? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I wasn't too hyped to go to a three-week race, uh, but uh, we're here and I'm happy that I'm here. And, uh, well, I started riding and it didn't feel that great, my legs. And I knew going uphill that it wasn't going anywhere. So I, I decided after the climb to just roll it into the line because it wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> He still it, really felt, it really felt like he actually like had a holiday of three weeks just a second ago after his goal and the mountain bike and he literally said that uh, i was like on a holiday for three weeks <laughs> it's like he he was just after a party or something <laughs> he still beat world poles and lander pole yeah. shape not looking that good this guy's won a world tour tt a rolling tt before it might be paranese 2018 not that long ago if I'm remembering correctly, which I am. Yeah, so surprising TT uh, from him. Other, Sorry, last news, the KOM battle, which was guys riding road bikes for the climb. I always love to see it. Hilarious moment. Quinn Simmons, full beard on the road bike, goes for the KOM yeah. and misses it by 10 full seconds to Coombs. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love the fact that there's some people out there that straight up went for that KOM. Yeah, it's great. And the funniest part is that they lose it to somebody that didn't go just for that KOM, I, I would expect, because I think this is just normal cuss. I've speaking to people who, just, who are much more intelligent about this than I am, because I've made a few videos about bike, cha- about bike changes. They're like, listen, mate, the TT bikes are so much more aero. It has got to be, and these guys are so fast, it has got to be really steep and for a long time for a road bike to be quicker. And this climb really wasn't that steep. Um, so, yeah, 
10 seconds off. Rui Oliveira also did that, uh, which is, I love that. I love the came. We had that in the Giro with like other riders attacking it, sprinters on an even shorter climb. But that was our Vuelta stage one or prologue, or they refused to call it a prologue recap. Rogler in the ascendancy, just like they drew it up. We might see, you never know, even on a sprint stage, some chaos tomorrow happens in the Vuelta before Picon Blanco on stage three. And, uh, yeah, thanks to Lacole for supporting the podcast. If you want to support the podcast, you can give us a like down below. Subscribe to the podcast YouTube channel if that's where you watch. We're trying to get that to 20K subscribers ASAP. Benji, I think, is telling me we have a Q&A, another one planned. So if you do that, it's a big help. But until tomorrow, ciao. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.